Welcome back to Actors with Issues, the weekly podcast where we interview the rising stars of TV, film, and Broadway, giving you an inside look at the entertainment industry from the ground level. I am your host, Juan Ayala. Today, I am joined by Canadian-born, Los Angeles-based actor and digital marketer, Harrison Zhu, who recently co-starred on American Horror Stories, guest starred on Shameless, and will be leading the upcoming film, Last Summer of Nathan Lee. Harrison, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Hello. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, so we're going to dive right into our first segment. It is a icebreaker rapid fire round of questions we call getting to know you uh, sure. to get to know you a little better. So we'll start with an easy one. Coffee or tea? Uh, tea. Who is your dream co-star? Woody Harrelson. Good choice. Uh, if you could master any accent, which would it be? Oh, um, Australian. Uh, what is the first job you ever had? Delivering newspapers. And what's the first acting job you ever had? Oh, paid acting job would probably be this TV show called V, which was on ABC like 10 years ago. And all Mm -hmm. I did was I turned around and I died and I like shot foam out of my mouth. Wow. (laughs) Yep. Uh, What is the worst side job that you've ever had? Uh, I... Uh, did a, I, I was a waiter at a friend's wedding. That was terrible. Uh, your most recent binge watch? Oh, um, I'm watching uh, Lupin right now, or as people say, Lupin, if you want to pronounce it correctly. <laughs> uh, where do you find yourself on your day off? Um, either uh, golfing or climbing. Uh, do you prefer acting in drama or comedy? Uh, drama. A uh, hero or villain? Ooh, uh, how about anti-hero? <laughs> You're one of the few to say that. <laughs> um, what is a movie that never fails to make you laugh? Uh, Happy Gilmore. And a movie that never fails to make you cry? Ooh, uh, <laughs> click. <laughs> Both Adam Sandler movies. That's yeah. one of those, his his later movies got real tear-jerkery. Like uh, Big Daddy was another one. Yeah. It's just like, why am I crying right now? Yeah, uh, like funny people. And <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, what, what, what? This is so weird. But yeah, I love Adam Sandler. Uh, so Harrison, you've been in the industry for some time now. Now, what, now, when did you first start acting? And when did you decide to pursue it as a, as a like, full-fledged career? Yeah, I started acting when I was um, 15 um, up in Vancouver um, for actually I, I'd done like theater, like musical theater, like most kids growing up. And um, for one of my business classes in high school, I had mm-hmm. to interview an entrepreneur. So I actually interviewed um, one of the top talent agents in Canada at the time. Mm-hmm. And when I was talking to him, he was like asking me what I was interested in. And I told him I was interested in acting. Um, and he kind of just like told me what to do, like where to get headshots, where to take classes. And it kind of just started from there. Mm. And like, as far as like career wise, I feel like we all have that turning point where we're just like, okay, I'm going to go for this um, full time or give it like my full force. Did it come that early as well? Or did that come a little bit later? No, it came a little bit later. Cause I was like super conflicted for the longest time. Cause I went to USC. I went to, um, this program called the business cinematic arts school, which mm-hmm. was like half business school, half film school. And a lot of people ended up um, becoming agents or producers. So throughout college, I actually interned at a bunch of talent agencies, mm-hmm. casting offices. Um, and my first job out of college was actually at innovative artists um, mm-hmm. working on a desk there. And 
um, I actually quit six weeks in because the whole time in the back of my head, I was like, uh, like the longer I continue down this route, you know, the further away from acting I'm going to be, because you can't be a rep and an actor, obviously. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I quit. And then, um, it took some time off to like work on digital marketing stuff, um, which I can talk about later if you have questions about that. But, um, yeah, like I took like two years off and then I just kind of dove right back in acting and I've been, you know, doing this ever since. Um, so yeah, let's, let's dive into digital marketing. And also, um, you had mentioned the importance of headshots. Now you're a photographer as well. Yeah. So, um, I guess to answer your first question. So with digital marketing, mm -hmm. um, it was kind of like part of my, um, curriculum. Like there were some like film marketing classes I took in that program. And I'd always had just a general interest in movies and mm -hmm. just like the marketing of movies, acting in movies and all that. So I, um, after I quit uh, innovative, I started working at a few different media agencies working on like uh, Sony Pictures, Universal, A24, Warner Brothers, um, a bunch of different film studios helping them with their digital advertising. Mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, like um, to answer your question about headshots, um, I'd always been interested in photography. Like I'd always done my own photography, like whenever I traveled and um, as you know, like headshots in LA can be really expensive, um, you know, anywhere from like, you know, 500 to a thousand bucks. And, you know, as a young actor growing up, I had to get new headshots like every year, every other year. And that added up. And um, I had a lot of friends that were always looking for headshots that couldn't afford it. So I just started taking headshots for my acting friends for free. Mm. Um, and then it kind of just like over the past two years became a thing. Um, then I started, you know, my own business, started charging for it. Um, but still like, you know, right now, um, like I do it mostly for fun. It's not like my, you know, main source yeah. of income. Um, I do it because I really enjoy helping actors and getting to know them. Mm. Um, and yeah. I've similarly wanted to do the same thing. It's just um, since moving to New York in a tiny apartment, because it's New York, yep. there's nowhere for me to like set up any backdrops. Like this is my self tape wall like that. Yeah. <laughs> like this. Well, the great the thing about LA is like, I, I used to be like you, like I live in a small one bedroom too. And like, I used to bring people in and it was just such a hassle to set everything up, take mm -hmm. it down. So luckily like living in LA, it's always sunny all the time. So right. I've found some spots around the neighborhood that, um, have really good outdoor lighting. So mm. I tend to shoot most of my stuff outdoors now. Gotcha. Well, I have to do some, uh, some location. Scouting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. New York's a little bit harder probably than LA. Yeah. But yeah. I know a few spots like in Manhattan or like in, you know, parts of Brooklyn, like Dumbo, where there's lots of like natural light and whatnot. Yeah. But, yeah. Two very different. And of course the weather here is unpredictable while in LA you're like, it's going to be sunny or. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Now, um, Going along with headshots, you know, like it's yeah. headshots are, are an essential part of any actor's like arsenal of materials. It's basically your headshot, your resume, and your reel if you have one. Yeah. And um, of course, now people are adding on social media, like you have to have it, you need a following, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, but when it comes to headshots and things like figuring out your type, what are some of like the common mistakes you've found? with actors like do they approach you with their types like in their head already or do you end up helping them with that using your experience as an actor as well yeah i mean one thing i love to do is like um i like to do an initial phone consultation if there's time um just to like get to know them better and like you know figure out like what kind of roles they like going out for like um what their ideal type of character would be because i think the trap that a lot of actors fall into is they have like a 
generic theatrical headshot that can kind of work for everything. And I think that was the case, like, you know, five, 10 years ago, you can have like one shot and you can kind of use that for everything. And it's mm-hmm. like your like typical, um, like what you would call like, I, I almost like a, um, like a chameleon look, like you could be a little bit of everything, but right. you're not quite one thing. And I feel like nowadays, like it's so competitive and um, it's so hard to stand out and just like that small thumbnail when like yeah. your reps submit you that you really have to stand out and be that type. So, you know, for most actors, you know, like me that are, you know, we're not like, you know, uh, getting offers all the time. Right. Like we're still like auditioning or t- putting ourselves on tape. I think it's super important that like in that like half second as someone's scrolling through, like your type is conveyed. So like if you're, you know, a jock or if you're like playing more characters like nerds or Mm. um, if you're trying to go out for like more like procedural stuff, like your headshot should definitely reflect that. So not like you don't want to be like wearing costumes, like you're not going to be like, you know, wearing a stethoscope or whatnot (laughs) if you want to play a doctor. But like you definitely want to imply that like you want to have the colors, the backdrop, all that kind of um, playing into that feeling of that character. So when someone's scrolling through, it's like, oh, yeah, like. Juan can definitely play that medical intern. Like it makes sense, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally agree. I mean, I've, I've played, uh, you know, lab techs in my day. So yeah. it's, and you know, my headshots screaming. I keep the glasses on, you know, yeah. the sort of semi-professional look. And similarly, you know, I played a newscaster on a, on a show earlier this year and in my headshot, I wore for my self tape. I wore the same suit I wore in my headshot because I'm like, yeah. we're gonna leave no confusion. We're gonna look exactly yep. the same. Um, and I tend to do the same if it's an in person audition. I'm like, we're gonna wear the same outfit. So it's like, oh, it's that yeah. guy. He looks exactly like his headshot because that's the point. Exactly. You know? And I think one thing to like the common misconception from like years ago is like, you know, for commercial, it's okay to have like a bunch of different headshots. Theatrical, it's like one or two. But I think nowadays, like people have a huge variety of headshots and also. Yeah. I think one thing that took me forever to figure out was like, you can smile in your theatrical headshots. Like, I don't know why, like there was mm-hmm. this thing where like years ago, it was like, you can't smile. Like, you gotta be serious. But yeah. like, there's so much comedy stuff out there that, yeah. and I was actually talking to um, one of my um, casting director friends, Biz Urban. She casts some like, like Disney Nickelodeon stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was saying like, um, you know, when she was looking at my headshots, like, cause she knew me, she like wanted to call me in for certain things. She was like, my theatrical headshot, like wasn't sticking out for her multi-cams that she was submitting. Cause everyone has like bright colors, almost like commercial right. headshots where like people are smiling. They got like bright colors, bright backdrops. But when you're casting multi-cam, like those are the people that you want to bring in. You want to bring someone in that looks like they have personality, that they're funny. Right. And your typical theatrical headshot doesn't necessarily convey that all the time. Yeah. It's crazy how much the industry changes like merely from year to year. Yeah. But, like if you look at like five years ago, like there were not the streaming giants that are giants now were not pumping out original content like they are now. So yeah. because there's such a variety of content now and it's not just either sitcoms or police procedurals. Now it's like yeah. you have all these limited series that um, that are smaller. They're a bit more intimate. They're more um like confined storytelling and, and, and yeah, like headshots absolutely have to reflect whatever it is of that, you know, the genre or, or the tone of the show. Um, yeah. And now, especially because again, there's just so, there's so much content out there that's like yeah. professional level that 
you need as much variety as possible. Like there is no one size fits all approach. And I feel like exactly. that's still such a misconception. It's like, I've got my headshot. Yeah. I'm like, you're one headshot? You're one headshot. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, you got Where's you the rest? plenty. Yeah. Right. You better learn how to like, change the color of your background or something or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Photoshop yep. a different shirt on or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely been a, a pattern that I've noticed. Um, and, you know, it, of course, there's also the misconception of folks who think they can play any type. So they get every type of look in their yeah. headshots. It's like, you look 12, you're not going to play a doctor or a lawyer, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. or it's like, you're 40, you're not going to play the hot young teacher at the college. You know, it's like, yeah. it's also sort of figuring out what your types are and being realistic about it. Like if you've been called in for that type, you should convey it more. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that's one thing my manager actually told me um, a while back, which really stuck with me is like, there's also this common misconception. It's like, you don't want to get uh, typecast. Like you don't want to fall into a, a box, but my manager's like, no, like when you're starting out, like you do want to be typecast. Mm -hmm. Like you do want to be that box. Cause you, you want casting directors to be like, all right, I'm looking for like a lab tech. And it's like, oh, like I know the perfect dude. And like, he's mm -hmm. already played it a couple of times. Cause like, you're not going to be, you know, like I mentioned, like Woody Harrelson, like he's my favorite actor. You're not going to be able to like play everything right away. Mm -hmm. Like you want people to think of you and immediately be like, oh, right. Like that's the guy that can play this because that's mm -hmm. how you start booking a lot right away. It's funny. I was thinking of uh, Tom Hanks. is such a good example of that because his earlier yeah. movies were like big and you've got mail and these like sillier, yeah. you know, kind of over the top rom-coms. And now he's like this yeah, incredibly decorated actor. And it's like, well, we all have to start somewhere. Right. And, the whole thing with typecasting like the word is the word cast is in here people sure. can't complain about being typecast if they're not getting cast right exactly it's usually the case it's a so good problem i think right yeah it's like oh my god i have no time for all my auditions like it's a good problem to have like <laughs> you yeah. got all these self tape requests oh no yeah um i mean you know and and as far as typecasting too it's as frustrating as it can be because the way that everyone is typecasting it may not be what you want to play again you have to start somewhere you have yeah. to get in the room. Oh, you're getting the check. You're getting your residuals. Yeah. All stuff that's going to help you move forward and up as an actor. And someone's going to see that one role you didn't really like getting typecast as. And they're going to think of you for something else or be like, oh, we have a similar yeah. role, but much bigger on this other show that I cast. Like it's a lab tech. Sure. But they're in six episodes, not just one scene. Yeah. You know, 100%. So it's like, always got to think bigger picture for sure. Yeah. Um, now, as far as jobs and whatnot, because you did mention um, in some of your responses, you wanted to to chat about this. And I think it's a really interesting topic because, uh, you know, a lot of actors, for whatever reason, it's just a misconception that's out there. It's like if you're doing anything but acting, you're not focused or whatever, yeah. or you're you're distracting yourself. You're not going to be able to commit to it 100 percent. So actors tend to not get full time jobs. They tend mm -hmm. to just go the typical route of caterer waiter bartender yeah brand ambassador like those are just the top four like it's flexible and whatever sure what can you share about that because i i like myself you also i think you um mentioned you also have like full-time work or at least other revenues yeah income that's not the traditional approach yeah so you know for the five years after college mm -hmm. i worked in a full-time capacity not just full-time but like a lot of the media agency jobs i worked at were like nine to eight p.m so it was like pretty much the whole day and for the first couple of years not gonna lie like I, I did take that time off acting because 
it was too stressful to have to figure out like how I was going to make up an excuse to leave for an audition. Um, But, you know, after uh, the two years, I felt like I got really comfortable in my position and I was able to really own the fact that, you know, I wanted to still act, but also, you know, whatever new job I took, I told them up front. And I think a lot of actors are scared of doing that for full-time jobs because there's this notion where it's like, if you're an actor trying to be, you know, working a full-time job, like, are you really going to be dedicated? It's kind of like the other right. way around, right? It's like, oh, like right. we don't want to hire actors because like they may be off doing other things, they'll be focused. Um, but, you know, I worked so hard at my career in the first two years that I felt like I was good enough in my job where I can make those, um, I don't want to say demands, but like I was able to really like be upfront about that. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, all my employers were very okay with it. Um, so, um, I did that for three more years and I was able to leave on auditions because I was very honest and upfront with them. Like, Hey, like I got to leave, you know, between this time and this time, um, that's my lunch break, you know, and I'll yeah. come back and I'll get all the work done. Um, cause at the end of the day, I feel like most people, as long as you get the work done, yeah. they're okay with it. Um, and then last year actually, honestly, was one of the most, uh, fortunate things for me to come out of the pandemic was. I got laid off. I was working at a film studio, heading up their digital marketing. And when all the theaters shut down, the company closed and I just started consulting. Um, and I, you know, brought on a bunch of clients through referrals and whatnot. And so now I'm luckily able to control my own schedule. And what's been such a blessing about the pandemic too, um, is the rise of self tapes because, Mm -hmm. you know, the, before, like I was working in Burbank and if I had a audition in Santa Monica, like that's like three hours out of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was really hard. But now um, I feel like, you know, with so many self tapes, like you're able to just do that on your own time at home. Um, So it it definitely opens up the doors for a lot more career opportunities for actors outside of like the four that you mentioned, because with self tapes, um, you know, it's really on your own schedule. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Um, I know you like grew, you grew up in Vancouver, so did you were you doing any of like the, the yep. Canadian based projects or was there not too much out there? Like there is compared to now. Yeah. I mean, nowadays, like, yeah, like CW, Netflix, Freeform, they shoot so much up there. I mean, also mm-hmm. like Hallmark Lifetime, they've always kind of had a foothold up there, but um, yeah, like when I was in Vancouver, cause I really only acted for like two years up there. Um, <clears throat> I, I did like three series, but they were all technically mm-hmm. American series shooting in Canada um like one was v one was um eureka and then there's one other i can't remember off the top of my head but um yeah there's just so much american stuff that shoots up there um and actually personally like i am thinking about moving back to canada in a couple years um more like personal stuff but um i actually went ahead and got myself a canadian agent Mm -hmm. um, a couple months ago because there's so much shooting up there um that Um, especially like for people in our age range like that play like you know early 20s like there's so much like yeah yeah, cw netflix freeform um that just felt like a good time to um Mm. start considering yeah it's it's like a it's like a mini 
Hollywood up there. There's just so much on top of, of course, like yeah. the Canadian-based shows, like um, you know, Shit's Creek filmed in in Canada, and yeah. shows like Kim Kim's Convenience and all the CBC stuff and all of yep. their networks and whatnot. So there's definitely a lot of opportunity up there. Um, and you're a dual citizen for Canada yeah, and totally. the Gotcha. I am. Yes. Yeah. So I'm lucky in that way. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's been interesting the last few years with the trends of like Canadian casting. Cause like when I was living in Canada 10 years ago, um, everyone was complaining because um, they would always book us actors for everything. Um, and now, like, especially with the pandemic and the border issues, so many roles mm. lo are cast locally now. Um, like, even, like, you know, series regulars. Because before, like, all the series regulars were almost mm. always exclusively American. And now, you know, it's a lot more Canadians. Um, and um, it's also, like, due to, like, now, like, tax credits and all that as well. But um, it's definitely a lot harder as Americans to book shows in Canada unless they're like series regulars because even a lot of like the guest stars co-stars like sometimes they only um, yeah. open them up to Canadian it, agents. Yeah, I definitely noticed that trend as well like because of the pandemic it's just a lot more local opportunity um, and because of things like COVID yeah. testing and safety gear and all of that budgets are even tighter than they were before yeah. despite multi multiple million dollars being involved yeah. in just like cutting corners where they can so they're like okay instead of flying someone out and putting them up in the hotel quarantining them for two weeks and getting tested we're gonna just hire yeah. the local guy who lives down the block <laughs> well i mean i'm sure it is somewhat like that too for new york as well or the coasts because i feel like um i used to like before the pandemic get occasional like uh new york auditions from la mm -hmm. and now like there's last year there's been nothing because i feel like yeah. a lot of it's been trying to stay local because of like like you mentioned like COVID testing right. and just you know logistics of travel and all that yeah, I've definitely noticed that for sure. A lot of, um, it'll say like tri-state area only. So it's like Jersey, yeah. New York, and Connecticut is like the only places you're allowed to be. Or like yeah. you must self-travel. Like we're not going to put you on a plane because that's like the biggest sure. place to get. <laughs> yeah, it's like a liability thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was actually supposed to shoot this um, series yesterday mm -hmm. and someone got COVID. So the whole schedule had to get rearranged. Yeah. And, you know, it's... Uh, I know they just released like the new like or they extended the return to work papers yesterday yeah. like SAG and like all the other um, unions but um, yeah even with like way more people getting vaccinated now like it's still you know out there like people are still getting COVID productions are still getting pushed and it's I feel like it's going to be like that for another you know six months hopefully yeah. not longer but yeah yeah I'm kind of betting on it happening to like through the end of the year yeah because um, like fall season winter it's just yeah, yeah. it's just strange you know because like I, I, they talk about this being sort of like the golden age of content because there's so many platforms now but at the same time it's like yeah not a great time for all that to be happening because there's just so much uncertainty as if there wasn't enough uncertainty in being an actor already i know, you know there's all this added stuff from just the world around us it's crazy yeah um, so in your upcoming film um, called Last Summer of Nathan Lee, you're playing your first yeah. lead, correct? Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a found footage teen drama. I know you guys haven't shot it yet, but uh, what can you tell us about the project so far? Yeah. So um, it's so the, the backstory to this is um, the director, Quentin Lee. I worked with him 10 years ago on actually 
I, you know, I now take back my answer on that question of what was my first acting job. That was my first acting job. It was a <laughs> short film with Quentin Lee. And it was like a, it's for this 24 hour film festival where you had 24 hours mm -hmm. to shoot this um, short. And um, it was called Today Has Been Weird. And um, Quentin and I have stayed in touch and um, he's been a great friend and he's always wanted to create something for me as a starring vehicle. And um, we, uh, we, we met like a year ago with a writer, Dennis, and um, they, uh, you know, at first, like, you know, I feel, I feel like in Hollywood, there's always like conversations about like, oh, we're going to make this, we're going to do that. But a lot of things don't actually follow through, like right. people get busy and things fall off a cliff, but this actually came through and um, yeah, like Dennis um, wrote the script, finished it in like February of this year. And like, we worked on some revisions and we've gone through like the whole casting process a couple mm -hmm. months ago. And um, last week we actually had the first table read mm -hmm. um, and it was the first time meeting everyone in person and it was awesome. Um, and we're rehearsing next month. We're shooting um, in September for 10 days, but um, to actually talk about what the movie's about. So it's about this uh, uh, 18 year old kid who's a senior in high school and he finds out that he has brain cancer and mm -hmm. he only has a few months to live. And his best friend um, Dash decides uh, because he's a filmmaker or budding um, aspiring filmmaker, mm. he decides to film the last days of Nathan's life. Mm. Um, so it's basically like this uh, coming of age dramedy. Um, but what makes it unique is that found footage element because I feel like there's been a lot of found footage movies done, um, but there hasn't really been one in this genre. Mm. And it also enables us to you know shoot it um, for a lower budget as well um, without having to have like a full like crazy uh, cast and crew as well um but yeah it's gonna be awesome because it's my first time being a lead in anything i'm pretty much in like every page and it's like you know 95 pages typical yeah. feature so it's gonna be a really good opportunity to you know be able to work with a bunch of different talented actors and also um just be able to really get that experience of like you know being a lead in something and being able to follow this character's journey all the way from beginning to end that's so cool man that sounds like and you're right i was just thinking of like are there like teen dramedy found footage it's like not really there was was a project x that yeah, tried like project that x, but wasn't but it yeah uh, yeah <laughs> no i mean you know no fault of any of the actors it's it's funny whenever i think of like why a movie wasn't good i'm like that doesn't so many different elements like the script could be amazing yeah. but low budget or no direction or you know amazing actors with a bad script or whatever yeah um, yeah but um but yeah, that's really cool because, you know, the, the vast majority of found footage movies have ended up being horror movies and that yeah. became a very burnt out genre or subgenre. <laughs> yeah, it was this movie was uh, the script was particularly challenging because um, Dennis, the writer, like he initially wrote it as like a standard film. And then he had to basically work out um, afterwards how um, the choreography of the camera would actually work mm. because um you know, there's different characters and different scenes like da um, Dash, the friend who's filming Nathan, isn't in every scene. So then you had to like create an impetus for all the other characters to be filming. Like, where would you put the camera? Right. Like, because otherwise it'd just be awkward if it's just like someone holding a phone against your face the whole time. Um, so, yeah, like we're still kind of like working out the logistics of that, too. We'll figure it out in rehearsal. But um, yeah, no, I'm super excited. Like coming of age movies have always been like my favorite type of genre yeah. growing up. And I feel like I'm at that age now where like, this is like the last time I'm going to be able to play <laughs> high school. I mean, like I say that now, but it's funny. Cause like, 
an American Horror Story, um, I play a 16 year old and right. I'm like, wow, like how much longer I'm going to be able to play like high school. <laughs> but I mean, this is probably Reap like the last hurrah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I remember in an interview with um, one of the Scars guards, the one that plays Pennywise. Oh, yeah. Bill. Yes. Right? Bill Scars Bill Scarsgard, yeah. yeah. Shortly after he did it, he did a, a feature film. I think he was 28 at the time. And he was playing like a 17 year old and he was like, okay, yeah. this is the last one yeah. it's fresh off of it. And they're going to go play a high school. He's like, no, this is the last time I'm doing this one. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I say that every year, um, but I feel like, I don't know, as long as they keep bringing me in for that, right. like I'll go. Um, and it's funny. Cause I just got new head speaking of headshots again. I just got new headshots. Um, like in January, because I wanted to age up. I wanted to play more like early 20s, mm -hmm. like college. And, you know, with that headshot, I'm still getting you know, 16, 17 year old audition. So it's like, well, I guess I'll just milk this as long as I can. Yeah, it's funny. We think of like, you know, like, oh, this person looks way too old to be playing that. But then you'll meet someone who's 18 and they look like they're 25. Oh, yeah. These days, especially well, like with the, the amount of the people athletes. like work out. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. They all like all the college athletes, like they look like they're 30. Right. And they're really like juniors in college. It's like, so yeah. it's not too far off. It's all about perspective. Exactly. Yeah. Like there was a show, I, um, uh, a series record audition I had earlier this year for an Amazon show. And it's about a group of, of teenagers. And mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I try really hard not to question a casting director. Sure. Um, it's like, they're the professional. I'm not going to, you know, uh, you know, I'm going to trust their judgment, but I'm like 16. Uh, yeah me i don't look 16 i'm like thank you i'm flattered but no like what <laughs> and then um and then an actor friend of mine who i'd asked for like some coaching because he's a working actor um he was like look man like think of like movies like greece they were all like 30 playing a bunch yeah. of teenagers and i'm like yeah but they don't really do that anymore and then i look at the uh the casting announcement and it's they went like young young they went yeah. the opposite end of the spectrum they went like no we're gonna cast like people that are 18 and a half to play these 16 year olds yeah. like a bunch of baby yeah. face actors um and i'm like okay well that makes sense they kind of go one end of the spectrum like they look yeah. older but everyone looks older so no one really sticks out yeah or the opposite of everyone's baby face and everyone looks the age of the characters right um but yeah it's such a such a fine line of like figuring out where you land yeah exactly it also depends on like who's show running to because like I make sense for Ryan Murphy 16 because like um, <laughs> like in ho like Hollywood, I don't know if you ever saw that show on Netflix. Mm. Everyone's like 30 in it, you know, and playing high school. Um, but like you mentioned, like, um, you know, I've also had some like auditions where I'm playing, you know, 16. But like you see the casting announcements, everyone's like 18. And you're like, yeah, there was no chance. Right. <laughs> you know, like, oh, that's why I didn't get a callback. Got it. OK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They went young. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, with with Ryan Murphy's projects, I understand why he casts older. You just want people who've like lived through those experiences, and and you know, yeah, and he's talking about like shit. pretty like, mature subject matter, yeah. so it makes sense for older actors to be playing yeah. teens. Uh, in most of the time, it works, but and it's mind you, he's not, obviously not the only Cobra because it happens with like CW, like Riverdale. Oh yeah, they're all so old. Yeah, and I'm like, are they going to college? Are these characters <laughs> gonna graduate? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I wanted to go back a bit and talk about some uh, misconceptions. Just one that you had listed that I found really mm -hmm. interesting, um, and I want to get your perspective on it. Um, you know, I had asked if there's a, a 
uh, misconception you discovered to be like completely untrue. And you said the best actor gets the role. And obviously we know that there are so many different factors as to why someone gets cast or doesn't get cast. Um, so what can you share about that? Yeah, I mean, in college, I mentioned I interned at three different talent agencies and I interned with a bunch of casting directors. I interned, um, they're no longer in office together, but like Pagano Manwiller. Um, I interned at Betty May. I interned at uh, Gail Pillsbury's office and I interned at um, ABC um like actual like uh their uh, network casting office for mm -hmm. about a year um and i just saw so many actors come in and test and a lot of the times like there were actors that were you know the best actor where you're like wow like that person's incredible but like you hear this all the time but you know i actually saw it where it's like nah that person had blue eyes and like the other lead has blue eyes so like we can't cast yeah. you know the same or like you know, this person's like a little taller than this other person. Like we need like a bigger height differential. Like it's all these little yeah. things that are out of an actor's control. Um, and at the end of the day, like having had that experience, it helped me a lot as an actor to really like do my audition, forget about it. And like, if I felt good about it, you know, that's as good as it can be. Cause you know, at the end of the day, if you're a good actor, you're going to leave an impression on that casting right. director and they'll bring you back. Um, it might not be for that role for, all those reasons that I mentioned, you know, it's it just things that are out of your control, yeah. but you'll still, you know, eventually get called back. And, um, you know, hopefully one day when that correct role is there for you, um, you know, you'll end up booking it because, you know, you've been training, you're prepared and um, you've given a good audition. Yeah. I feel like, you know, it's a, it's like, a, it's like a, it's like a scroll of just reasons why someone doesn't get cast. Oh and yeah. Like, you know, some of that I've heard are like, well, they already cast the dad and the actor looks nothing like the dad or either parent, which is like, yeah. makes sense in a way. Cause it's like, it realistically, obviously they want the family to look similar to each other. Um, oh yeah. Or like there's too many blondes in the show or whatever. It's like, you yeah. know, there's just so many different details that they like want variety, especially now, understandably every the networks are like pushing for diversity and they're like, well, we yeah. have too many white people or whatever it is, you know, like yeah. it's, they're like, no, we have to, you know diversify the cast and, and make changes where we can um yeah and also like storylines like i um remember i learned recently that the cast of the hulu show love victor there was another actress cast in the role of like the love interest because it wasn't originally written to be a love interest but then they had like mm -hmm. a creative overhaul and they had to recast the role yeah. because of, the characters were originally supposed to be the leads like quirky best friend but they're like no we want to go the romantic route this mm. actor's no longer the best fit for that. So they had to like do a whole, you know, second round of auditions, which yeah. happens uh, yeah. a lot more than we think. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes too, like for last summer of Nathan Lee, like I was part of that whole casting process because mm. I was able to, you know, over Zoom do um, like callbacks with all the different actors. And like, sometimes there were just like too many options, like too many people were good. And mm. it's just like a gut feeling at the end of the day. So it's not necessarily a knock on any of the other actors it's right. just you know sometimes your gut like in that moment connects you connect with like one actor more than the others yeah yeah so much of it is just like you said gut feeling one's intuition or just like they're great but they don't fit the role they don't fit the world of the show like if it's a small town yeah. story you're not going to get a bunch of these like you know stunningly gorgeous exactly, actors yeah. and vice versa 
Uh, so it's time to wrap things up with our last segment called Now That We Know You. It's a final round of grab back questions that'll dig a little deeper and uh, make you think. So don't worry about rapid fire because uh-huh. this is not that one. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, oh, this is a new one. Uh, do you consider yourself lucky? Yeah, I do actually. I mean, um, I feel like I wouldn't be where I am currently in life without you know, the people around me. Um, I feel like everything happens for a reason, mm. um, especially with acting, because so much is out of your control that if you keep, you know, putting the work in, eventually things will come. So in that sense, yes, like I consider myself lucky. Um, I don't like, I don't think too much about like where I could be or like where I should be at this stage. I just kind of roll with the punches. Uh, what is one thing that people buy that you think is a total waste of money? Oh, that's a good question. Um, alcohol at a restaurant. <laughs> Speaking as a former bartender, I 100% agree. I will <laughs> I'll splurge on like a nice cocktail, but I'm like, why did this? I could have gotten a can of seltzer and a nip of vodka for $2. Why did I just right. spend $10 on this? Yeah. You know, we're actors. We're on a budget. Got to right. cut corners <laughs> where you can <laughs> Uh, if you could try a job for one day just to see if you'd like it, which would you choose? Um, I feel like I'd want to be a vet. Mm. I don't know. Like, I feel like that's like one of the jobs that everyone as a kid's like, I want to be a vet when I grow up or I want to be an astronaut. <laughs> um, I feel like being an astronaut would be too hard for a day, but being a vet would be kind of fun. Uh, is there a role that got away? Uh Yes, but I don't know if I can talk about it. It's pretty recent, um, but it's for this r- live action remake of this cartoon, which is my favorite cartoon growing up. And speaking of being like too old for a part because they cast everyone young, that's one of those. Mm. I feel that. I feel you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> There's one that I think I still can't talk about because of NDAs. Um, yeah. But it was just would have been a really cool opportunity for, mind you, after having seen the show because it has come out. I'm like, oh, yeah. it rolls on as big as I thought it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, oh, there's a tiny side character. But still, yeah. you never know. Um, uh, describe your worst audition in three words and no oh. further explanation needed. So just three words. And we'll all just yeah put a story together <laughs> uh, bobble sweat run bobble bobble sweat run okay i'm trying to put together a story here and i can't do it all right <laughs> and lastly in 10 words or less what advice would you give to a young actor it's not about the destination it's the journey should have that on a plaque just like right behind <laughs> me. Uh, well, Harrison, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Uh, where can people find you on Instagram if they want to give you a follow? Oh, it's just uh, my last name, first name. So Zoo Harrison. Awesome. And you can all follow us on Instagram at Actors with Issues. You can give me a follow at Juaniala Official. Big thank you to our sponsor, Anchor, for supporting the show. You can head on over to anchor.fm to get started on your very own podcast, 100% free. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review wherever you're listening and catch new episodes every Friday across all podcasting platforms. I'm Haniala, that's Harrison Zhu, and this is Actors with Issues.